Welcome everyone to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Philip. And we just got in from the garden and weeding where you got your first bee sting ever. It's true, I did. The bumblebee was very not happy about the flower being squished. Um, a squash vine was going through the fence and being eaten by deer. So in an attempt to garner more squash, I was pulling it into safety. However, the bee did not appreciate that and did not accept my apology. Mm. It buzzed by my head and then it landed on my arm and then bing, bang, boom. You were stung. I was stung. But at least you're not allergic like I am, so. It's true, and the bumblebee will be fine. Yes. I was more concerned about the bee than me. You were. So uh, fun fact about bumblebees is that they have smooth stingers, not barbed ones. So it can just go in and out and they can carry on with their lives without pulling out a vital part of their bodies. Yes. So. And hopefully we'll have squash. Yes. Hopefully it's worth it. And it is very humid right now. I mean, it's good that we're not at the fair with a lot of people on a weekend when it's still and humid. Yeah. I think we locked out with one of the days having a bit of a breeze. Yes. Even though we got baked to a crisp. It is the Minnesota State Fair. It's a big deal for some people like Philip. Other people like Daryl <laughs> tolerate it for their partners. So yes, um, we had some excellent food. Yes, we had some disappointing beer, but also some good beer. Yeah, it's all about food and beer at the Minnesota State Fair and seed art that just drags politicians. Yes, very progressive seed art this year, which was wonderful to see. Yes, so. Um, other than that, we have Asta taking a nap with us right now. She's a very sleepy bun. So the chances of her hopping onto the computer and deleting the whole episode are lower today. <laughs> very slim. She's having a bun bun dream right now. Her whiskers are twitching. So. And she's listing slightly. She is. A very comfy bun right now. And today's issue, we're starting a new story arc in X Factor. And it is... The, the crossover itself, which is branded on the top of the next few issues, is endangered species. We're not going into that. We're not covering the backup stories in these issues because, frankly, I don't care. I didn't necessarily read this. I didn't know there was a whole tie-in thing. I just thought that this was the name of this one particular story arc within X Factor. And it's not. Unexpected. Yeah, because up here at the top of this issue... It says endangered species chapter three. Oh, that's and a few issues down the line, it's chapter 11. I'm not tracking down all of this. I will just read, like, maybe Chad has a great synopsis somewhere on the website because he does write wonderful synopses sometimes. Chad, please help us. Yes, <laughs> uh, endangered species is it important because the one in the back of this is all about beast, and I don't give a fuck. Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't care about that No. Um, but we get some great X-Factor goodness. And this one came out in September of 2007. So are you ready for our pop culture pop-up? Yes. All right. The Emmys happened this year in September. Oh, is it another strong showing for Desperate Housewives again? I know. I oh. didn't really notice them. I have other things. So... Outstanding comedy series goes to 30 Rock. I love 30 Rock. You do. You fall asleep to it. Yeah, it is a wonderful, wonderful show. And this was really the rise of that show. So I think previously Desperate Housewives had taken that category of comedy. Yeah. 
And now we have 30 rock taking over and they're going to dominate basically until they are done. So early 2000s were a great time for Tina Fey. Yeah, they really were. And I'd say this is a, a recent golden age for TV that we're going through. This was really the last time that people would watch shows. It was appointment television rather than streaming. So this is like the last gasp of how we used to consume television. Yeah, and there were, there's even some really good nerdy sci-fi out there. Yeah. Because Battlestar Galactica was still going. Mm-hmm. Eureka and Warehouse 13 were good, like, fun, campy sci-fi leading up to the dramatic, serious Battlestar. And I think Stargate was still going. It was on its last legs, like... They're milking the concept. Yes. Which, to be fair, like, 10 seasons of the original... To what would become a couple spin-offs, a couple movies, like that was surprisingly good. Yeah. The uh, lead actress in a comedy series goes to America Ferrera for Ugly Betty. <gasps> Ugly Betty was so good. I still have to watch it. It's so good. I think it's on Hulu because Disney owns it. Vanessa Williams, Michael mm-hmm. Yuri, um, America Ferrera. Um her whole family was so good. Oh, what a show. Highly recommend. Sally Field wins for Brothers and Sisters in the drama category for Best Actress. Oh, I didn't know that But Brothers and Sisters is at the same time as Ugly Betty. Yeah. Sally Field. She's America's mom. America's mom indeed. Like, what a TV mom yeah. in that series. And didn't was it around this time that she went to an award show or went to a queer award thing probably for brothers and sisters because of the luke and scotty oh maybe storyline and then she brought her queer son yeah so her queer son who was at the candy center honors a few years ago when sally field and linda ronstead got it in the same year oh that'd be fun and what was the secretary of state pompeo yeah yeah where he's like oh you know, everyone was in love with Linda Ronstead, but Linda, when will I be loved? And her response was when you stop being like a lick spittle for Donald Trump. Yeah. And Sally Field's gay son is the one that tweeted that out. That's how we know it happened because it's not recorded. He's oh. like, he was like, no shit, guys. It just got real here. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, some in memoriam covered at the Emmys this year, Charles Nelson Riley. Oh, yeah, we love Charles Nelson O'Reilly. Who, who doesn't? Did you know? <laughs> it is National Boat Safety Week. <laughs> this week and every week. It really is. Also in memoriam, Jane Wyatt. She played Spock's mother in the original series of Star Trek. With the little finger yes. pennies. She, who is my wife. Yes. Um, she had a great look, though, in the she had, episodes. She had, like, the bouffant and, like, the gauze sort of veil thing, scarf all around. Some large stone jewelry. Yes. She was living. She really was. Um, And she was married to, well, she really wasn't living because she's in memoriam, obviously RIP. Um, Take a moment for Philip to get over being mortified. He just said that. (laughs) And the, when I was looking this up, because I found this on Wikipedia off of the Emmys page, and then I go down the Wikipedia rabbit hole. So she was married to her husband from 1935 
to 2000 when he died. Whoa. Right? And they originally met in the 20s when they were guests of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. What? In Hyde Park. Wow. Yeah. And he was like an investment banker. Like, he did his investment banking thing. She did her actress thing. 65 years is one of those, like, precious metal anniversaries. Yeah. Golden is 50. I think Diamond is 60. He died a a day before their 65th anniversary. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, we'll still count that. Yeah, we should. But, like meeting when you're the guest of fdr in hyde park yeah wow yeah um and then we have to cover the song that's on the charts yes it is nickelback oh no rock star which features guest vocals from billy from zz top cool (laughs) we heard them as we were walking into the fair on one of the radio station booths we did. And then we walked quickly past it. Yes. I like Nickelback. I'd see them in concert. Really? Yeah, I would. Oh. It was one of those, they're one of those bands that just got overdone. They, me. yes. Yeah, they really uh, overplayed them. And I think that was to their detriment. Yes. All right. So we're discussing issue 21 of X Factor. And there is a nice summary here. Um, where, where are we right now? X-Factor managed to smash the homegrown terrorist group, the XL, but Richter got rather messed up in the process and nearly died. He is currently recuperating back in X-Factor HQ. A state of unease still hangs over the trio of Madrox, Monet, and Siren, since Madrox and a dupe wound up betting both women in one fun-filled night. A little fact that Madrox admitted to both of them with disastrous results. Meanwhile, Nicole... The French orphan, brought home by Monet and Siren during their misadventure in France, is getting settled in at HQ, much to the annoyance of Layla Miller, who feels unaccountably threatened by the new arrival. While no one knows, what no one knows is that Nicole's departure from France was facilitated by a mysterious individual who incinerated several pursuing cars filled with gendarme. Because oh. the popo was there. Mm-hmm. The plane was taking off, and, and then, then they, were gone. they were gone in yep. a flash of light. And Monet was just like, "I'm not going to question it." No. And Layla can't. She doesn't have much. She doesn't know stuff about Nicole. Yeah, it's a blind spot to her, and she really doesn't like that. It's true, but she did freak out Nicole to get her ice cream in the last issue. So yeah, prop to Layla Miller. So Jamie is with a dupe drinking. I guess you always have a drinking companion when you can duplicate. Yeah, and that's sort of the theme of his text boxes. He's like, come one, come all. What happens when one and all are the same? And the dupe is going off on how, if you and I had, you know, does that count as actual, you know? Is it it just masturbation? And there's a perplexed, not perplexed. I don't know, how would you describe Jamie's face in that panel? Quizzical. Like, he's giving it a little bit of thought, but he's also annoyed that he is giving it thought. Mm. And he just, he's, his eyes are on the ground. They have rolled so hard in the next one. And then a really cool art transition. So we look at the melting ice cubes in the bottle of the glass, and then it transitions to an Arctic scape. Yes, it's it's serving Fortress of Solitude vibes. Yes. And it's sort of juxtaposed against the thought bubbles where... Jamie goes off about the nature of being alone 
and how you huddle together for mutual protection, for a sense of community, for warmth, and there's no warmth in this Arctic. And we view. see the mysterious person that made those cars disappear. We know because of the ominous hood and the red glowy eye. Yeah, but not a glowy eye like cable. No. It's not a cable glowy eye. It's a red glowy eye, which means probably bad. It's something probably related to Cyclops, perhaps. Oh, oh, here's an ad for Mass Effect. You love Mass Effect. I do love Mass Effect, and except it's got the character that I always get rid of. Oh. But Garrus, we like Garrus. Should I play it at some point? I, yeah. There's a lot of shooting. Like, I'm not good at shooters. But you can pause and then use your powers more. Oh. Maybe I'll work my way through Witcher first. Witcher yeah. 3 which I just got for the Switch. I mean, I haven't even finished it. Oh. I mean, it starts with like him in that bath, just like, what's his name? Henry Cavill? Yes, in the Netflix series. So I, mean, I don't want to watch the Netflix series because I don't want to spoil the storyline for this. The storylines are unconnected. Oh, good. It's just like sharing the bath imagery. Well, the show, I think, comes first. Oh. And then before this installment. Also, if you're a completionist, there's so much stuff to go around on those maps. So that part's kind of fun. I like that. I need something to fill in before we get Elder Scrolls 4. Isn't it 6? I thought Skyrim was 5. Yes, Yes. Skyrim was 5. I was looking at the Roman numerals in my mind and I read it the wrong way. Because 4 was... Morrowind. Mm, I thought 3 was Morrowind. 4 forget i i play it even. i know i do too I, oh morrowind is three though okay dear listener it'll come we're we'll figure out the elder scrolls eventually yes but they are fun all right so we are still with this dude in the cave and he is hearing a lot of voices like there is a he is crowded by other people in his mind his thought t- bubbles are like please go away please be quiet shut up And you get these sort of see-through misty images of people all with their own conversations. Like they are clearly just going about their lives someplace else and he can hear all of them. Yeah, it's not great for him. Like he stumbles in a series of tiny panels. He stumbles over to his Amazon delivery. Of pills. Of pills. And takes a fistful It's true. He needs something to calm them down, which I feel like sometimes happens in sci-fi things when someone has these telepathic powers Mm. and they can't control them, then like sometimes they do the medication route. Sometimes they go the ride the wave route. Mm. We're back at X-Factor headquarters where Nicole is dressed in an extra Mad Rock shirt. Like a spare, but it's the old style, I feel. Oh, yeah, because the new one is circles. Yeah. With straighter lines, and these are like... U's, or W's. Yeah. With rounded ends on two sides. I think the planetary symbol for Neptune, but three of them on the same sphere. And she's like, oh, I just like staring at windows at the city lights. It's so different from Paris. And... Layla, like, tries to make some conversation, like, oh, it's not that different, people are more alike, and it's funny, like, despite having tried to make conversation, we get two adjacent panels of Layla, one being like, no problem, and 
The next one, she's like a little creep under her breath and her expression has changed into a scowl. Elsewhere in headquarters, we have Jamie visiting with Monet and Terry. And Terry's just on her phone. Monet's just reading a magazine, but it's not an iPhone. No. And Madrox is like... No, she's reading a book. Oh, she does have a book. Yeah. Uh, comes in. He has some text bubbles of like... Should I... Hey, let's talk about this. Um, It's still really awkward. And he's like, stay calm. Be cool. Just ride it out. And then the next panel is him like... Going off. He's like, what do you want from me, huh? I'm sorry. Mea culpa. Maxima culpa. And strong guy comes in to save the day and Madrox just leaves mortified at what he had done. Because Terry and Monet are kind of nonplussed. Yeah. They, they're they sort of over it. Like They're like, okay. Like, we had feelings, but it's done now. Yeah, they made it through. They're just fine. And Madrox is just... He calmed down. Like, he had missed his messing up. He just wants to be honest. And he misses that team feeling of like knowing that they can count on each other. So. And then Monet just pulls the trigger and she's like, well, which of us was better in bed? The strong guy's like, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Yeah, and she doesn't need him to verbally say anything because she can read his mind. <laughs> you said you wanted to be honest. If you're honest with me, I'll forgive you. Who comes to save the day? It's rain. It's rain and she's angry. Yes. And she... She's like, why are you talking about this? That's gross. It's inappropriate. Yeah. And Monet sort of goes off on how, like, cut the crap with the holier-than-thou stuff. Um, why are you talking like an after-school special? And <laughs> rain is just having a lot of big feelings. Yeah. And then we get Monet, who all of a sudden gets sick and dashes for the bathroom. And by dash, I mean she is flying, literally, to the bathroom. She has to puke everywhere. She says it's because of Rain's dog breath. Yes. But it's a fun panel with the strong guy, Rain, Mandrax, and Siren all peering around the corner, trying to figure out what just happened. So we are in New York. Creepy guy creates some sort of dimensional doorway and walks out of it. Yeah. It's a doorway with very clean lines. It's true. And I don't think we've seen this this type of portal before. Like magic has discs. Mm-hmm. Nightcrawler has bamf. And this is just like a, a doorway of light. I feel like I read something where Shatterstar was referencing a teleportation ability, but I didn't know he had that. You'll see it. Hmm. And there's a semi crashing towards this dude and then crashes into the dude and he just stands there. He is undamaged and this semi is wrecked. Yes. And the driver is thrown out through the windshield and is like dead on the ground. And all this guy says is idiot and walks away. His eye glows less, and the Madrox text bubbles sort of match him coming through that doorway with the, at some point you have to come in out of the cold. Yeah. 
And so I just had a big, big yawn. Oh. Uh, Nicole is sleeping in bed. Creepy dude is outside the window. She wakes up, looks out the window, sees him, and gets a slight smile on her face. Yep, to match Madrox's narration box of sometimes it's just nice to know you're not alone. So what is their connection? Richter's having a real tough time. He is in his dark bedroom, just sitting on the bed, sobbing. Rain comes in with some food. I mean, I don't blame him. He, even back in the very first issue when he was talking about how profound his power was and what it meant to him, and the fact that he had that back for a short time, and then to have it taken away again, that's gotta mess you up. Yeah, um, he was really taken advantage of. Pietro did nothing for his mental stability. Yeah, and Rain is trying. She's like, get some food in you. Hardly had anything to eat. Like you need to build up your strength after what Quicksilver did to you. Mm -hmm. And he just wants to be left alone. He is back in that super hopeless place where there's no getting powers back again. Like he was so close, so So close. And it was ripped away. And he's trying, he's giving her the cold shoulder, but she's putting a lot of effort in. Mm -hmm. You have to have faith. You're not alone. And what do they do? They start making out. Yep. They're going to hook up. So they are finding some connection between the two of them. Yeah. How do you feel about this? Uh, I mean, I know that eventually he's going to get together with Shatterstar. And as a gay man, I'm really excited about that. But I'm okay with him being a bisexual. There's nothing wrong with it. No. It's just, I, uh, I wasn't anticipating another team hookup that like it got it's gonna get messy and i feel like when you're in that emotional state like the chances of it turning out okay are not great like if you're feeling some sort of way and someone that you were not previously in a romantic relationship with like if this situation arrives i don't i don't know if that's great yeah so um you can see uh Rain pulling off her shirt and climbing into bed. Well, she makes a move to go. It's like, maybe this isn't a good thing. She stops at the door, but then she shuts the door and goes back. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not the most enthralled by it, but... Yeah. Yeah. The next day, we're at a local cafe. Strong Guy is meeting with Val Cooper. We love cafes for breakfast. And Strong Guy is pretty direct. Like, I'm here. What do you want? Yeah. Gonna cut the small talk out. And yeah, they're harp, not harping. They're recounting some of their history mm-hmm. together. Um, and Strong Guy goes straight for a beer to order. Um, He's trying to copy Madrox. Yes, because it's so noir. Yes. To have a beer for a meeting. And at least one guy calls out calls it out when it's noir. Yes. So all this to say, Val Cooper offers him a job. Yeah. They want him to be sheriff of Mutant Town. Which is weird. Which was not what he was expecting. No, he thought that she wanted him to be an informant. Yes, like he was riled, he was pointing a finger, his hair was like 
waving because yeah. he was so agitated. And then once his brain catches up with where his feelings are, he says, huh? And his, his little hair falls down. His finger is less pointy. Yes. So uh, then he changes his tune. He's like, waitress, I, can I just get some orange juice instead? Yeah. I need to think about this and that beer is not going to help me with yeah. that. There's a business meeting happening back at X-Factor headquarters. It's the next day. And you have Madrox and Siren and Monet sitting in there. And it's a couple grandparents. They want the team to go after and get their grandkids who they have shared custody with. Yes, there's an actual court order for the grandparents to visit these kids, but these kids are embroiled in show business. They are a, like... Anti-mutant singing group. They're like an anti-mutant Donnie and Marie. Right? Like, I feel like like that'd be a very Disney thing. To create pop culture, that's what they do. Yes, but Disney would not create, like, hate. Mm. And these these kids are in the music business like this because their mom got married to their stepdad. The stepdad is isolated, the daughter from her parents, and thus also her kids, their grandkids. Wally and Molly. Yes. So the at first they're like, you know, like, we, how is this related? Like, why are you coming to us? It's because it's that anti-mutant entertainment factor. Yes. When it gets a little snarky, the siren tries to calm her down. And the grandparents just say that they just want to visit their grandkids. Yeah. So it seems fairly straightforward. Um, for once, Maddox doesn't have to say a whole lot during this. It's mostly dialogue between Siren and Monet. Yeah. So. And they accept Monet and Siren are on it. So it seems that they are going to be the duo tasked with this. They're staying together, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I like them as a team. Yeah, like give us more Monet and Siren. (laughs) Madras asks, Ms. Cassidy, Ms. St. Croix, how would you like to get your hands dirty? And Siren says, oh my, yes. And Monet says, I surely would. So having a Vaguely sincere moment. In the kitchen, we have Layla pouring herself some cereal, and Nicole comes in in a floral shirt. And talking about plumbing and flushing, and Nicole is holding something in those bright yellow rubber gloves that you use for oh, yeah, cleaning. Yeah, it's cleaning gloves. Yes, because she just fished out of the toilet. A pregnancy test. Someone tried to flush a pregnancy test, but now we have like all the grown women in the house sleeping with people we know. Like, yes, it could be any of them. Like rain, it wouldn't be this soon because it's like the next day. Right. But we have two possibilities and we saw Monet like fly to the toilet. Yes. Having to puke. And we don't know if it's her. We don't know whose it is. Like, that no. could be a red herring. It could be legit. Yep. Could be some foreshadowing. And Layla's hilarious. She's just like, why are you holding that thing? Is that a, is it a French thing? <laughs> and Layla doesn't have any knowledge about this pregnancy test. Nope. Is she another blind spot for Layla Miller? And 
And it's really bugging her. Right. It means something's happening that I don't know about, and that's never good. Mm. So, here we go. We are back to the bar. Yep. Back to Madrox. He's drinking alone this time. No dupes. Uh, Is the bar the power plant? I think so. I think it is. Not the WCW training facility. This is the power plant. He's drinking alone. And then a man walks in. It looks kind of like John Hamm. He does, except his name is Joseph Huber. It is. And he goes off about being an isolationist and uses a lot of we. Yes. So it we don't know what he's representing. And that is the issue. Yeah. He references back to this, like... Um, been an isolationist, being alone is a terrible way to live, don't you think? Mm. Which references back to Madrox's first conversation, his little internal monologue as he's drinking at the beginning of the issue. Yeah. So, yeah. Fun issue. There's so much being set up here and so much I want to know about. Yeah, it's a good setup issue. It gives everyone a job. Yes. Guido is off with Bell Cooper learning about being a sheriff what that would mean and entail and what responsibilities rain is comforting Richter. Who's have, they're all having big feelings. Mm-hmm. Monet and Siren are off on a job. And now Madrox is interacting with this person going off about being alone and isolationist, which is the name of the issue. Yes. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's, you go through it quickly and it does a good job of setting all of that up. Yeah, it does. I like the issues where everyone has something to do. Yep. Like the ones where Richter, Layla, Strong Guy were out of the picture. That was a little... It was sad. Yeah. I like... Yeah, this is fast-paced. I like B and C line stories. So this is serving the alphabet of stories. Yes, it is. All right. Anything else to say about this issue? Not much. All right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Dear listener, what did you think about it? Yeah. Let us know which relationship drama are you most into. There's a a lot. And it's not only like romantic relationships. We have the relationship between Nicole and Layla. We have the relationship of Madrox with his entire team. Right. Can that be repaired? Yeah. What is happening with Nicole? Yeah. I keep wanting to say it like in Ever After with Drew Barrymore, which is like Nicole Delancre. And I don't, yeah, we, I mean, we talked about if we ship Rain and Richter or yeah. not. Yeah, there's a lot happening. So I guess we'll find out next issue. Yes, find us on the Insta. Yes, we're at the X, we're at X Factor Files podcast. Not the, it's just X Factor Files podcast. So leave a comment with your thoughts and feelings and on all these relationships. Yes, please. And we'll catch you next time. Stay safe. Bye.